0: Bienvenue, motherfuckers! Thank you for bearing with me, and welcome to part two of Jimmy Page in 1984, courtesy of theheartofmarkness.com, your place for Led Zeppelin and Jimmy Page. I'm Mark. Welcome. If this is your first time with us, uh, (laughs) hit stop and go back and listen to another episode. This is uh, jumping into the middle of 1984, and uh, you will not get the uh, full Marquee experience if you jump in now. In fact, uh, it may lead to madness. So, where were we? Jimmy Page had just jammed with Yes back on June 24th, 1984, in Germany. And, um, you know, one thing that I didn't... Um, play for you guys that I am going to now was back on the in early June before the Yes gig uh, Jimmy did that show with uh, Jack Bruce, Charlie Watts and uh, Ian Stewart's band for the Alexis Corner benefit and I mentioned it but I didn't play any songs from it um, because I'm a bad person and uh, you know, I do my best but so uh, to remedy that I'm going to play a song, uh, the first song of the set called Bring It On Home not that, bring it on home. The other one. Uh, another one. Um, with Jimmy on guitar, Jack Bruce on bass, Charlie Watts on drums, Ian Stewart on piano, and a bunch of other fucks that I mentioned earlier in the last broadcast that aren't famous. Um, it's really great. It's a radio broadcast. Uh, I think it's an AM radio broadcast or whatever they call it uh, over yonder. Um, medium wave or whatever. Um, So it's in mono, I think. I don't know. In any case, it's a radio broadcast, but it's not a spectacularly high def. But it's professional, and it's good, and you get to hear Jimmy and Jack Bruce together. So here we go. Jimmy Page, 1984. Bring it on home. Enjoy. On stage tonight,
1: we've got ten people, in fact, who've been associated with him throughout his career from the early 60s right through to the 80s, I'll hand you over to the band. Thank you. Mr. Les Easton, Chairman of Nottingham Jazz, speaking a week last Tuesday evening, of 5th of June at the Palais Ballroom Nottingham, just before the start of a rather special concert. And now exclusive on Radio Trend, and recorded by our outside broadcast unit, we present the Electors Corner Tribute Concert. Your 24-hour friend, with the music in your life. Radio Trend and you yeah, Ruby Donna.
0: There we go. What'd you think? I really enjoy that song. In fact, it's one that I, you know, keep on my playlists and listen to all the time and have for years. Um, Jimmy didn't take any leads in that, but it's okay. We could hear lots and lots of tasty licks in the background, and I really enjoy it. It sounds like he was having a good time, and uh, the rest of the band was great. I mean, you can't go wrong with Charlie Watts on drums. So, that was the Alexis Corner Benefit on June 5th of 1984. We've already dealt with the uh, jam heated with Yes on the 24th that month. So let's hop into July, uh, up to July 12th, and we'll move on over to Italy to the Pistoia Blues Festival, um, which was uh, that year dedicated to uh, Alexis Corner and perhaps another benefit for him. I'm not quite sure. I can't remember to tell you the truth. But um, in any case, he didn't play with Jack Bruce this time. He played with Ginger Baker, bringing together all three members of Cream within the same year. Remember he played with Clapton back in uh, February of 84 with no recording of that? Yes. See? So he played with the entire band of Cream over the course of five months. Now this track, this show, the Pistoia show, is interesting in that... um, Jimmy is playing really badass. He has a really aggressive tone. And there's a wonderful article that um, were written by some Italian musicians that I ran through Google Translate. And apparently they were in a uh, hard rock band, um, of which I guess there weren't many in that area of Italy. And um, the promoters of the show actually used their amplifiers, the band members' amplifiers, for the gig because they didn't have enough horsepower for what they were dealing with. So, um, these guys who were essentially kids, you know, or guys in their twenties, got to go to the blues festival, got to meet Jimmy page. Jimmy played with their amplifiers and, uh, said it was amazing. Said Jimmy couldn't have been nicer. Um, they said his guitar tech was an asshole, which maybe he is. I guess you'd kind of have to be if you're Jimmy page's guitar tech. Um, but in any case, they, showed they, they had some really nice little anecdotes that um, were a little hard to follow sometimes being run through machine translation. But um, one of the things they said was that Jimmy was drinking a, uh, an iced uh, bottle of vodka throughout the show. And if you look at pictures of the show, he is definitely swigging from an iced bottle. Now, I'm not sure if he's downing a bottle of vodka. That sounds, I mean, that, that's pretty rock and roll. And he's not playing like you shit-faced. Given that it was July in the Mediterranean, it was probably just a bottle of water. But um, whatever. You can see the picture from the uh, Pistoia Blues Festival on the website. It's him in that kind of uh, Rising Sun t-shirt with the hair down down on his face. Um, There are also other pictures of him online from that, including one of he and uh, Rory Gallagher, which is great. Um, the two of them together i don't they did not play together i don't believe they ever played together but they did meet and i guess they got on well and um i'm going to play you a track from this blues festival and it's um it's interesting i wanted to play you i wish i could play you train kept a rollin', which the band did and um it, it's just horrible. It's horrible because the band didn't know it. They just tried to wing it, which you typically can with "Train Kept a Rollin." It's not that big a deal, but uh, Jimmy goes in and plays, and his tone is just bad ass. But the bass player doesn't know it. It's just it's 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 a shambles, and it's too much of a shambles to even listen to. Um, like oh, but you know, just to listen to Jimmy. So I'm just gonna play an instrumental that they did together. It's it's a blues jam. It's Ginger Baker on drums, which is great to listen to. I love, love, love Ginger Baker's playing uh, in general. And uh, it's a little long, so if you're, you know, if it kills you, fast forward. So <laughs> that's funny. You hear that? That's me. There we go. Sorry. I overran the time allotted in the next track, which I had recorded last week, started playing. So there's a little Easter egg there. Um, you can delve into it and prove that I'm in the Illuminati. Now, uh, here we go. Like I was saying, Instrumental, Pistoia Blues Festival, Ginger Baker, Jimmy Page, bunch of other dudes. Enjoy. Thank you very much for bearing with me. This is a rough one this week, but we'll get through it. And we're back. I hope you enjoy this stuff. Um, I know that this is a little more esoteric than a Led Zeppelin, straight up Led Zeppelin podcast, but as we discussed earlier, there's already one of those. There doesn't need to be two of them. So this is a little more in depth and, you know, let's call it a graduate ca- class for the cool kids. We're better than everyone else. That's right. So we're on the downhill slide now. We're in July. He played the at Blues Festival, after which he went to Jimmy Page's, Olive, Jimmy Page's Ginger Baker's Olive Farm and had a lovely dinner. A little later that month, he hooked up with his buddy Roy Harper again for the Cambridge Folk Festival on the 28th of July. And he played two sets, the afternoon and the evening sets, and they're both different. And again, I've had recordings of these for years that I never really listened to because I was a kid and it wasn't that compelling. I wanted to hear Heartbreaker. And the recordings, you know, audience recordings, As if you don't know, you're probably learning. Unless they're unbelievably stellar in quality, you kind of have to adjust your ears. They're called bootleg ears and grade them on the curve. And once you do, it's perfectly fine. I mean, these are historical documents that would otherwise just be completely lost in the ether if somebody hadn't had the presence of mind to violate the law and record it. So let's hear it for the lawbreakers. Now, for the Cambridge Folk Festival, there was video shot, because there is video of Jimmy playing, which um, I think it was very, very briefly released by Roy Harper on a british video the pal videotape and then quickly not distributed anymore i believe he even had a live album with some tracks with jimmy that was discontinued you know jimmy is really protective of his stuff and i think he just put the kibosh on it but hopefully one day the stuff will all come out again in any case, um, I'm going to play for you the song Hangman, which I had mentioned before, from the Cambridge Folk Festival. It's absolutely brilliant. I hope you can understand the lyrics well. You should be able to. I, I, I found a, a clear recording of it. And um, if you're driving, enjoy it. This is some cool stuff. It's not really a rock song, but Jimmy puts in nice, tasty licks. It's a great song itself. So, Jimmy Page, Roy Harper, Cambridge Folk Festival, July 28, 1984. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoy all of this. I do. So, here we go.
1: Last night I wasn't sleeping. I walk. It was my last. I Just been lying thinking. we family and friends have left, and here it are, all lost. Now I'm standing in a dead zone, because those ends are turned for last. My poor heart is thumping, my head is spinning. around my neck, What's that good, I know that I'm an old set, no arms and My heart is full of laughter. Let you to fly. Get the chance. Pulling off my head. Leave me kicking in the darkness. It is the Never cry Consegrated right in my heart or in my mind.
0: sorry that cut off so unexpectedly and suddenly it's kind of a buzzkill but um i couldn't find another version of that i looked and looked and looked i mean i know and i just i just couldn't in time so it cuts off dress oh uh suddenly and it sucks so i apologize for that but it's a great song it's uh just as good on the album so get the album you'll enjoy it um So that was Hangman, Roy Harper, Cambridge Folk Festival. And that's about it for uh, Lonesome Cowboy Jimmy wandering around playing uh, like a, uh, what are they called? Minstrel? Bard? Anyways, um, that's July. Um, In August, he and Jimmy Page and Phil May and other members of the band The Pretty Things which were a uh, second-tier kind of British Invasion band that were then signed to Swan Song Records but never really took off. Um, They all went to Ibiza in Spain and um, apparently at the Heartbreak Hotel did a set together, probably just Elvis Jams or something. But, um, you know, at this time, Page and Plant were not really around much. Uh, Jimmy had played in December of 83 with Robert on stage, and they did the Honey Drippers together, which is kind of why they were back together at this point um, post Honey Drippers. So they were in Spain. There's not a recording um, in circulation, anyways. It may be preciously hoarded somewhere, but um, I would like to hear it, as I, you know, imagine you guys would too. So that's all I have for August of '84. Moving into September, that's when we're finally <laughs> getting to the firm. Um, around September through November 84, Jimmy's at his own studio, Saul Studios, um, with Stuart Epp Engineering, recording the firm album. and uh, Stuart Epp says it was the most professional recording session he's ever sessions he's ever dealt with, and that Paul Rogers would sing live and they would pretty much use that take. You know so it was a really tight professional unit. Um, and they were they were good. I just, you know, it just doesn't do it for me. So that takes us through autumn of 84 is the firm. And I'm not playing anything from that because I'm going to have a whole episode on the firm and we'll do that. But I do have some firm goodies coming up. Oh God, that sounds terrible. Anyway, uh, moving into November, Jimmy and Roy Harper uh, appear on the British TV show, The Old Grey Whistle Test. And that is embedded on heartofmarkness.com. You can see that whole clip. It's pretty good. I guess uh, Jimmy and Roy stayed up all night partying, like rock stars. And uh, I can't say that it shows. They look all right. But um, the interviewer is really kind of adversarial and dismissive and a little condescending. Because, you know, if you remember back in the early 80s, uh, the 70s bands were viewed as old dinosaurs. Um, in the uk not so much in america we kind of stuck to our rock and roll but the brits were definitely moving on with all the horrible horrible music that came with new wave um so the guy and he was told uh the the announcer the interviewer was told by his boss to you know kind of shit on him a little bit and they do and he does and you know they don't have any of it um but it's enjoyable we get to hear another version of hangman and then they play a little bit of uh same old rock it's great to see And that's on the 16th of November. And a mere eight days later, on the 24th of November, Jimmy and Roy Harper play, I believe, their last concert together at the Rock Garden, uh, at Covent Garden in London. And I don't have any uh, recordings of that, although I imagine it was pretty much the same stuff that we hear. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the 29th of November, just five days after that last concert with Roy Harper, the Firm debuts in Stockholm, Sweden, and Jimmy Page is on another path. Um, so we're on the first Firm tour at this point, and there are tons of recordings of it. Uh, in fact, there's really good soundboard recordings from the beginning of the tour that um, if you look at uh, you know Dime a Dozen or something, one of the torrent sites, the trading sites, you can find them. They're good. And if you like The Firm, you should definitely check them out. So that takes us through November 84. Home stretch, everybody. Here we go. Um, on November 9th, November 9th, sorry, December 9th, 1984, the firm played at the Hammersmith Odeon in London, and that was filmed by MTV and edited down to a half hour, which was played on MTV. And if you're old like me, you may remember that concert. Um, well, the whole thing was recorded, and the whole thing is viewable on YouTube. Or you can just go to heartofmarkness.com, and I haven't got it embedded there. So, Jimmy's went uh, from the arms concert to the firm. That is 1984. He played with a lot of folks. He did a lot of things. He was a very busy boy, and um, I hope you enjoy what I presented. I hope you enjoy the boys playing. Um, I kind of had to to reevaluate this period because, as I said earlier, in my younger days when all I was waiting, you know, looking for was heartbreaker and kick-ass rock and roll solos. I was not digging this period. Um, I guess I wasn't sophisticated enough. You know, that's not to say that, you know, he didn't make some poor choices, but um, he made it through it. 84 was a much more interesting year than I would have thought. And I hope you guys agree with me next time. We'll uh, go with something a little more popular and a little more with a little more mass appeal. Uh, We'll do a discussion of the new Led Zeppelin, uh, newly released Led Zeppelin bootleg from Seattle, 1975, March 21st soundboard recording, you know, one of the Holy grails that people have been waiting for because it's, you know, one of the best, arguably the best show overall of the 75 tour. Um, and it's really, really good. You guys are going to dig it. We'll dig into that and we'll be back to the good old Led Zeppelin that y'all love. But thanks for uh, digging through the depths of Jimmy Page's career here. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, quick shout out. I got to say thank you to the wonderful donor, the first person who donated, donated to Heart of Markness. Thank you so much. It made my day, made my week. And, uh, if you're of a mind and want to buy me a cup of coffee or a beer, I have a donate link at the bottom of, of the post. and uh, You don't have to. It's a free podcast. No worries. But if you want to, I'll be happy to have it. So thanks very much, guys. Next time, Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page, 1984. We made it. See you later. Wait a minute. I forgot. I promised you guys some more firm. So... What I have here is I have a uh, jam of the Paul Rogers song, Boogie Mama. And it's just a basic studio jam. It's really rough and ready and really, really fun. And uh, I'm just going to play this. There'll be no more talking after it. The podcast is over. This is just a little supplemental bonus. I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks for bearing with me. And I'll talk to you next time.